The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, good afternoon. It's Friday. I hope you're having a, a great day. We'll keep you updated on that weather forecast because things are changing over the next 24 hours, to say the least. So we'll keep you updated on that throughout the afternoon. Uh, we will be off the air a little bit early today at 5.30 as uh, the Oilers in action. Uh, the face-off show gets underway at 5.30. Puck drop tonight, 7 o'clock. Well, you know that Monday is Remembrance Day, and, and this show is going to be dedicated to remembering. We want to hear from you about your heroes, those in your family who served, who are serving, and their stories. Maybe it's you. We have a lot in store for you today, including Canadian singer-songwriter Terry Kelly, who wrote the song Pittance of Time about 15 years ago. He continues to write songs about our servicemen and women and advocates for them as well. We'll be joined by Silver Cross family Robin and Armand McCormick, whose son Zachary died in Afghanistan almost 10 years ago. Plus, we'll talk to the man who took care of more than 30 of our soldiers when their bodies were repatriated from Afghanistan. So please share your stories on the text line at 630-630. A number of you did the other day. We'll uh, uh, hope to hear from you again today. And again, we will have some open line time as well. Always enjoy this day hearing from you about your heroes. Right now, though, wanted to get to this. Some polling suggests most of us believe Canada should be doing more to honour those in the armed forces. We are joined by Shachi Curl, the executive director of the Angus Reid Institute. Shachi, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right, so tell us a little bit about this poll. When was it done and what did it, what did, exactly did it look at? Well, uh, we conducted it in the last week or so and really just wanted a sense of what is it that Canadians are thinking of uh, when we ask them about a sense of um, the veneration of our veterans, their knowledge of uh, of past conflicts, mm. and really that, that sense of presence or lived experience in terms of their proximity to and connection to Canadian veterans and those who are serving. Um, so we wanted, because it is an important time of year, because it is a time when there's often a lot of conversation about whether generationally um, respect for or veneration of or acknowledgement of the sacrifices that are uh, that are are, are uh, serving men and women have have made and given in in various uh, theaters of, of conflict. Um, you know, wh- where 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 do they stand in the minds of Canadians? And so that was our our purpose. So it was interesting because uh, one of the numbers showed that four and five uh, four and five Canadians say that Canada should be doing more to honor those who served in our country's armed forces, but suggesting that only one in four people say that they're going to attend a formal service on November 11th. To me, that's sur- that's surprising. Um, you know, I think the four in five saying we should be doing more is a very significant finding. It's rare that you get four in five uh, people in this country to agree on anything, and you know that because of the, the platform that you have in talk radio. But um, the fact that many people are not necessarily going to attend a cenotaph ceremony in person is perhaps reflective of the fact that, you know, there's been a large debate as to whether uh, the that whether Remembrance Day should be a stat holiday a- at all. And many people say that 
giving it, making it a day off, as it is in many provinces, not all provinces, means that children are not in school to attend a cenotaph ceremony. Uh, people are not perhaps out and about inclined to go or, or come back from a, cen- a cenotaph ceremony uh, during their work day. And what it becomes is just another long weekend in a series of long weekends. Yeah. It becomes the November long weekend. Yeah. So that debate has, has uh, been part of the conversation. And certainly when only one in four, despite having the day off, say, we're going for sure, I think it is a little bit reflective of the fact that for many Canadians, uh, you know, yes, great, we should honor our veterans. Oh, but maybe I have a role to play in that? Uh, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance. Well, and it's and it's interesting, too, because uh, some of the numbers showing that only 7% of Canadians say they have an immediate family member in the armed forces, but more than about 60% say they, they have at least one or two conversations with someone who serves or had served recently about their experiences. I mean, just some of the numbers are just a little contradictory, and I, and I wonder... They are. I, I wonder if... Maybe if we had more of those conversations, if we'd be more willing to go to one of those ceremonies or maybe take those two minutes for a pause. You know, it's just not as something except for at this time of year that we spend a lot of time talking about. And then, you know, the passage of time generationally, where we had significant numbers of our young people headed en masse into a situation that, that again, the lived experience for many, many in this country is such that uh, it's just not something we think about. I'm always struck when I attend, uh, when, when I am at um, the, 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 the grave sites of, of service uh, of, our, of our armed forces individuals overseas, whether it's in France or, or in Turkey. Uh, I've, I've visited some of these places, and you're just always struck by how incredibly young these people were. Mm-hmm. And certainly our young people, um, and, and, and it was the same when I was that age, could not have fathomed that what was being asked of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so, again, these are conversations that we're not having, and increasingly we're at risk of losing the conversations firsthand from people who have been through it because of the passage of time, because of the aging of our veterans. The last First World War veteran passed away 10 years ago Uh in 2010, uh, and uh, and we're losing our Second World War veterans at 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 an advancing rate as they get older. But, you know, beyond that, often when you talk to veterans, they don't necessarily want to talk about those experiences. They don't, no. It's not the same for everyone, but it is intensely private for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's interesting when you when you talk about those numbers, you talk about, um, you know, the, the, the men and women who served the ages they were at, and you looked at it, and one of the questions was whether or not people would serve if there was, was something that kind of spurred them on to that. What did those numbers show? Because I was like, oh, I'm not sure I would know a whole lot of people to say, yeah, I I'd sign up. Well, indeed, and in fact, those who are most inclined to want to sign up are, are younger men, but it's not the majority of them, but they are disproportionately more likely to say, yes, that's, that's the life for me. But how much of that is driven by maybe what they see on TV mm. or by video games and, and not necessarily by a sense of national service? And patriotism and sense of serving country and duty are concepts that we see really changing demographically with time. 
older Canadians far more likely to say they're proud of their country, they're proud to be Canadian, they feel a deep sense of connection to their nation. Younger Canadians far more likely to say, yeah, I feel good about being Canadian, but I also feel good about being a citizen of the world or a citizen of, of the Internet. So uh, it is, it is again, um, an issue that starts to cut very differently based on where people are in their lives. Shachi, I know that you have to get going. You have another interview, but one of the numbers, too, um, when it came to spending on uh, on, on uh, defense spending, spending money on, on the military, while we may support uh, the military, it doesn't seem like a lot of folks want to up any money towards it. No, uh, and this is a phenomenon that we've seen over the past several years. Uh, NATO guidelines are such that they say if you're a member of NATO, you should be spending 2% of GDP uh, uh, on uh, on your armed forces and your military. Canada only spends about half of that. They're only spending about half of what NATO would would want them to spend. Unlike um, you know countries such as the United States, even Greece pays their full way. Yeah. So this this is something that divides Canadians with slightly uh, more than half saying no, we don't need to up our spending, and the other half say uh, we do. But again, you juxtapose that against. Uh, support for our, our military. Um, people, I think, if, if I were to try to explain this, feel that there is a personal connection there. We should honor the people okay. who have served, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we want to, as a nation, become more military-focused or oriented. Uh, well, you know, that's uh, that's a whole launching point for another conversation, uh, yeah. because I'll tell you, there's a lot of equipment that could do some updating uh, in the military, let me tell you that. Shachi Curl, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Shachi Curl is the executive director of the Angus Reid Institute. So, yeah, and this polling that they did, four and five Canadians say that Canada should be doing more to honour those who served in our country's armed forces. Um, but by contrast, only one in four... Uh, saying that they will attend a, a formal service on November 11th. And, and I understand that maybe a formal service isn't your thing. Um, I didn't start going to formal services until, I think, 2002, to 2000, 2002, I think. And uh, But before, I used to watch the national ceremony from Ottawa on television. That's what we did as uh, as a family. Um The survey also suggesting that personal connection and the desire to honour Canada's forces does not necessarily mean support for increased defence spending. And again, uh, we we heard Shachi talk about that. Um, And I'll tell you something. I mean, some of the stuff that our our, our men and women are working with needs... Needs to be upgraded. There, it needs to be newer. They need some new stuff. Get them the stuff that they need, so they can do their jobs. Uh, there was another poll that was commissioned by Historica Canada, and this one a little bit, you know, maybe contradictory to the one that we just spoke um, about. But this one saying that the the number of those who plan to attend Remembrance Day ceremonies has climbed to 41%. That's a boost of 2% over last year and 14% over 2016. And again, I guess it depends on who they're talking to at what time. And um, a lot of folks, like 95% of you, 
saying that hearing veterans speak about their experiences, the best way for young people to understand conflict. And uh, many of you have been lucky enough to maybe hear one of those stories directly from a veteran as well. And and I think that that um, really brings it home a whole lot more for a lot of people. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon, Ron says, my father was in World War II, never talked about his time there with us. He talked about it with his grandchildren. My grandfather was in World War I. He never talked to his children, but talked to us. Uh, This one, I had a great aunt in the Italian campaign as a nurse. She never talked about it in the Italian campaign. 75th anniversary of that this year. And we know that the Loyal Edmonton Regiment played such a huge role in that in in the Battle of Ortona. We'll be talking about that. You'll be hearing more about that at the Remembrance Day service on on Monday. But the Loyal Edmonton Regiment having a huge, huge role in in that battle, and it was uh, and it was a brutal, brutal battle. To be honest with you, um, yeah, World War II. My dad is ninety nine, fought in the Italian campaign, served four years. Yeah, uh, let me know your stories at six thirty, six thirty. Our phone lines are open as well, 4960063. One of my favorite parts about this day and and dedicating it to those who have served and and your memories of your heroes is hearing about those people, um, about their stories. So if you want to share it, 4960063, we'll take a break here. We'll get to that after this. Talk of trouble is sent through the country And we need an army to fight for the right Young men enlist and are sent to the battle to fight the offender and help our allies And the young men cry Oh Canada We'll gladly go and fight for thee St. Albert's own Roland Maggio, who wrote that song about 15 years ago. Uh, we worked on the video for it together. And if you go to YouTube and punch in Soldiers Cry, uh, Roland Maggio, you'll see, uh, you'll see it. And you'll see some of, uh, well, just some, some, some familiar faces over the years, let me say that. Uh, some texts coming in. Stacy. I'm going to get your phone call here in a second. It says, my great-grandfather served in Canada's Navy in both World Wars. During uh, the Second World War, this, the, the destroyer he served on, the HMS Ottawa, was torpedoed by a U-boat just off the Maritimes. While the Ottawa was sinking, he noticed that for whatever reason, the U-boat... I had surfaced close enough to hit it with a deck gun. He grabbed another seaman and they blew holes in the U-boat while his ship was going down. They sank the U-boat before the Ottawa went down. He knew that German U-boats had a habit of gunning down any survivors to prevent them from reporting their position. Seaman Aubrey Bissett saved the lives of his crewmates and countless others that wouldn't fall prey to that same U-boat. I'm honored to have him in my family tree. And that is from Matthew this afternoon. You can give me a shout at 4960063. The text line open as we share stories today of your heroes ahead of Remembrance Day. Stacy joins me this afternoon. Stacy, your plan is to um, take a moment uh, on, on Monday and maybe go to a ceremony, but afterwards head to the Legion to talk to some veterans. Okay. You know, uh, 
my, my grandfather, or sorry, my wife's grandfather was a vet, so we really didn't know any veterans, and and for just one reason, it was it was a cold cold afternoon or cold day, so we went down there, and now it's a traditional. It, it's just truly amazing. We walk in, and the energy in the room is hard to describe, and I remember the first year we went, and we just, my wife and I and my, our daughter actually came with us, and we sat at a table, and we had a pint, and we started talking to the people there, and then all of a sudden we started asking about where they were and where they served and what they did, and, you know, you could just see the pride, and then you'd move to another table, and but it's just such a unique experience because it's so many people with so many stories of so many different layers of so many different versions, and, and just to sit there and learn is, uh, it's something I, I, I'd advise anyone to do. So what, you know, when did you start doing that, Stacy? About four years ago. About four years ago. And and has that, obviously, has made you more, I don't know if patriotic is the right word, but uh, having a, have more of a connection uh, to our veterans, to military history? You know what? I, I think I do. Like, it was funny. I was in a store today, and I some, we were talking. They said, oh, great, it's, it's, it's another long week. And I said, well, it is, but this is a different one. I said, you know, you know, this is where I think a person needs to go back and say thank you or or do something for the people that mm-hmm. serve for us. So for me, I I really just to sit there and uh, you know look them across the table and just to see the pride in their eyes of them telling the story and and you listening and um, yeah, I, I really do look at it differently now. I I I, ne- I never did. I always said, all right, I wonder if I get it off or not. Oh, good, <laughs> I do. But now I uh, this this is something that. And I, we just literally walked in because the Legion has changed now where you don't need to have someone sign you yeah. because, unfortunately, over time, you know, they, they're, they're slowly and slowly, uh, you know, they need to, to, to be more viable. And so, yeah, a person can go in. And, and so it's really, uh, I'd advise it. Anyways, thanks for your time. Stacy. great to hear from you. Thanks for this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stacey calling from North of Calgary this afternoon. Again, number here, 4960063. Some of your texts out of Edmonton says, I'll be at my father's gravesite, a World War II Lord Strathcona horse. Royal Canadians. I uh, will take his uh, medals and leave my poppy on his grave. And this one says, my grandfather joined the Winnipeg Grenadiers at 16. He was shipped out to the Battle of Hong Kong, and I believe... They held the Japanese off for close to a month before being captured on Christmas Day, 1941. He then spent the remainder of the war in a Japanese prisoner of war camp, and it almost killed him. Thank you for sharing the stories and continue to do so throughout this afternoon of Remembrance as we head into Remembrance Day on Monday. Your 2.30 news headlines are coming up.